Reed's Ranch is proud to partner with Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm, GarzaLaw.com, 865-540-8300. Tennessee is really, 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 really bad at football. But Marcos Garza and his team of lawyers are really, 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 really good at DUI defense, criminal defense, and personal injury. If you find yourself needing legal representation, Garza Law, Marcos Garza. Don't say guilty, say Garza. This episode is built around Tennessee sucking at football. Let's get to it. I mean, this is the last stand. You're listening to The Unfiltered. Well, I hate to say I told you so. There's nothing to be done besides to get on Twitter and tweet to all my dumbass followers. (laughs) But I told you so. Hey, I told you so. The controversial. He's a dumbass. He can't do math. He's an idiot. He gets his hair cut at Walmart. Look at that shitty haircut. The realest podcast in the Southeast. Let the dogs loose. <laughs> Let the goons be goons. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. Enough. <laughs> 38 in a row. As in 38 on extra point when we were whipping that ass. Ranch gang, stand up. The holy war is upon us. Welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit acting like this is any fun at all. Another edition of Reed's Ranch, Monday, September 23rd. It's approximately 7 p.m. And Seth Hughes joins me down in Alabama. What's up, Seth? Not much, John. How you doing? I've been better, buddy. I've been better. I think we all have, but I know that you've been you've been a little you've been a little under the weather. Uh huh. A little under the weather and over the bullshit. And I just want you to know I've been thinking about you, and I'm sorry. Oh, you've been thinking about me, huh? I think about you all the time, John. What have you been thinking about? Just how much I love you. Okay. Is that it? Anything else? Then I'm sorry that. Not only did the Vols lose, but the NFL team you care about a lot lost. Yeah, we don't have to talk about the Titans right now. That's old news. No, but listen, I was sitting there like Friday night, and I was thinking about there are a lot of people in Florida that are absolute swamp trash, that are diehard Jaguars and diehard Gators fans. And I was thinking about how giddy they were over the prospect of going 2-0 this weekend, and it was making me angry. So I am sorry, because I wish the Titans had won. Not only because you would have been happy that way, but because those swamp trash losers couldn't have had double the happiness that they have. Because they don't deserve it. They don't deserve to be happy. I deserve to be happy. You deserve to be happy, but we're unhappy. Those are good points. And you couple that with feeling under the weather, and I've been thinking about you a lot. I mean, how fucking terrible was that game on Saturday? I mean, what is there even to say? It's like every other Florida game, pretty much. I mean, like the... It is, but it isn't. It's like no matter... We know that... It's it's always the fact that when we step on the field, Tennessee is already beaten because the other team is wearing Florida uniforms. So, like, the game is over before it ever begins, right? But then, like, not only that, UT has to go out and just embarrass themselves in other ways that are just, I mean, last year we had the Austin Pope fumble. We had Nathan Peterman in the swamp. 
you know, we had Butch just failing to close the deal year after year. And then this year we were able to add the Garantano interception to Marco Wilson to the montage of Tennessee, Florida. We were very close to having our Austin Pope redemption story. He was open on that second goal. He was so open. He was so open. We were about to have our redemption story. They were talking, I mean, they were talking about him on the broadcast, how good he's been this year. He was about to score a touchdown. You could tell he wanted it. He wanted his redemption. And Garantano, just with no touch, couldn't lob it over the linebacker, even though he was wide open in the end zone. And then we talked about Juwan Jennings shitting on midfield. With all due respect, it turns out Juwan Jennings shit on the goal line. Just took a big old shit right there on the goal line. With all due respect to Juwan Jennings, who we love. That play was heartbreaking. Was was heartbreaking. Not and it wasn't even the fact that we would have scored a touchdown. Like I would have loved that touchdown, but it was just the fact that it was Jawan. Like it was heartbreaking because at least when he messes up, I know that like he probably didn't sleep a wink Saturday night thinking about that play. Like it kills him to mess up, you know. I think we can safely assume that like Jawan Jennings gets eat up when he doesn't perform up to his capability. And other than that, he had a very, very good game. Well, outside of not recovering the fumble and having that 15 yards personal foul on the punt return. 15 yard penalty didn't matter. Yeah. He had a good, he had a good game as a receiver. Yes. He should, he should have recovered that fumble. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's another thing about Austin Pope is that like, yeah, we've shit on Austin Pope a lot, but like the, the dude is from Knoxville. Like we cannot imagine how much that play last year against Florida messed him up. I mean, you talk about stuff you see in your nightmares over and over. That was that play against Florida last year for Austin Pope. And he's come back and not let it keep him down. And he was wide open. And Garantano just has this new thing where, like, every other pass has to get batted down by a defensive lineman for some reason. Or has to be seven yards over the receiver. Or intercepted. So, is Jerry Garantano worse than Jonathan Crompton? And I don't mean the second half of 2009. I mean the Jonathan Crompton that you got for the majority of his career. Honestly, I've blocked out a lot of 2008 of the football season. I was a senior in high school. I found different things to do during Tennessee games that year. I don't remember Crompton um, as a starter in 2008 very much. Honestly, I didn't watch much of that season. After the uh, after the Florida game, so you'll have to answer that one for me. I successfully unplugged. I was like, I'm a, I'm a senior in high school. I got more important things to go do. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I was like, I, it's tough to say. I mean, it's been it's been 11 years, and I was a whole lot younger. You know, I I have the same feeling of dread with Garantano back there that I had with Crompton. Like, the same feeling of dread and hopelessness that I had when Crompton was back there. It's just so funny that two plays after he misses a wide-open Dominic Wood Anderson, he has maybe the best throw of his career on that th- on that third and 15 out route to Juwan Jennings as he got drilled by a free blitzer. I mean, that, that, that throw was, was laughable. It was so good. I mean, 
Like, imagine what Florida, when, when that, in film review, like, what the Florida players are going to say. They're going to be like, are you shitting me? Like, that guy made that throw. I mean, what can you do? And, I mean, I don't even know about the inter, that, the interception that was right there. Like, it didn't even look like he looked before he threw it. Oh, no. I, oh, no, no. I, I think it's worse. I think he was looking because if he wasn't looking, you could just chalk it up to a miscommunication. I see on the video him staring down Marco Wilson. I think he saw him and still made the throw thinking that Callaway was all of a sudden going to stop and come back and be able to get in front of him. It was brutal. I haven't gone back and watched highlights. Obviously, the only highlight I've watched a couple times is the, or low light, I should say, rather, is the missed touchdown to Dominic Wood Anderson. That was bad. That was, um, man, what is there even to say? It was really shitty. What is there even to say? It made me want to kill myself. It made me never want to watch Tennessee play football ever again. Saying that was an egregious throw like doesn't do it justice garantano had time it was an easy throw to make it is the easiest throw to make period the first throw that like you learn to make is one where the dude you're throwing it to is running straight and you just loft it up that's all he had to do that's it not only was it not, he didn't even throw it in line with Dominic Wood Anderson. Like, he threw it a million yards too far. His feet were all messed up. Oh, they were terrible. I noticed that, too. And I don't even know anything about football. And when I can notice that, it's really bad. His feet were in terrible position. And he had time to get reset and... I mean, it was the very the very first throw Kyle Trask made was to a wide-open receiver in the middle of the field. And he underthrew it, and it kept them from scoring a touchdown, but at least they hit a 35, 40-yard pass. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like, all you had to do is just lob that bitch out there. Even if you don't score the touchdown, let Dominic Wood Anderson gain 30 yards, move the ball, feel good about yourself. But no, they couldn't even do that. He threw a missile... Six yards behind him. The one thing you couldn't do. It was so off target. Like, it wasn't even straight with Dominic Wood Anderson. Like, you know, like, yeah, the distance wasn't right on it, but, like, the angle he threw that ball at was just horrid. I mean, I don't even know what to say. I thought Chaney, I thought Jim Chaney was absolutely abysmal. Saturday. What stood out that Jim Cheney did that you thought was so bad? I thought that, for one, we could absolutely run the ball on Florida. And we get the ball, we have the ball at the 11 yard line, and we have two straight runs down to their three a three yard run for a first down, then a five yard run. And like, we've just rammed the ball down their throat. And 
instead of going to the run, we pass it two straight times after we just ran the ball to the goal line. And, like, the ball to Pope was tipped. Yeah, that wasn't, like, that throw to Pope, period, is not the easiest throw in the book and one that I don't particularly trust Garantano to make. Because if he throws that just a little bit behind Austin Pope and it's not tipped, there's a really good chance it's a pick six, right? I mean, that's set up for Florida to just house it 99 yards. With Garantano as he is, that's not a throw like, that's just, when you're struggling, that's not the throw you want to be making, right? I mean, luckily it was tipped, and so the pick six was averted, even though Austin Pope was wide open, and then Obviously, we know what happens with Jennings, and it's like, it's not even like, yeah, that play with Jennings, like, it wasn't on Garantano. It was a fine play call. It should have resulted in a touchdown. I just, I don't understand why we're ever trying to, pat, why we're putting the ball in Garantano's hands there, period. I don't know. I don't know if we could have ran it in. <clears throat> we might could have. I feel like we could have. Maybe maybe if you run behind Calvert and Pope, and I, I don't know, was Calvert out at that time? Did he Had he been hurt by that time? I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I feel I feel I felt like we could have. Like I I think we could have easy. I thought we had them. I thought we could have ran on them. Especially with three chances if you run it second, third, and fourth down. Exactly. Like you you know, we saw they put Crouch in with Emerson in front of them. And I and know he, you don't want I know you don't want to put Crouch in on the goal line. But like you really don't think I think Ty Chandler would have got in. I just I'm shocked they put it in Garantano's hands. And even if not, you trust that you can maybe create some pressure against their terrible offensive line. Like, everything we said about Florida was true. Yeah, Their team's not very good. Like, we had opportunities to move the ball through the air. We could run on them. I don't know how the hell we scored three points. Nothing Cheney did really stood out to me until Maurer came in. Oh, that, that was the next thing. Like, there were two things he did. One was we didn't run it on the goal line, and two was the, the play calls with Brian, however you say his last name. Maurer, Maurer, I don't know how the fuck to say his name either. The, the play calls with him were absolutely brain-dead, stupid shit. They were absolute, that was some of the dumbest shit I've ever seen. And, he, yeah, Brian, Brian Maurer, he scored. He got us. He got us the field goal, and if he wasn't tripped up on third down, he would have probably scampered in for like a 25-yard touchdown, I thought. He was the, it was green in front of him, and he got he got sacked by shoelaces. He was close. But, you know, it's like Simonton said the week before, you know, well, Brian Mowers are back up because we have a we have a, a, a run heavy package in for him. Okay, so when he comes in, we run it twice with Eric Gray for quite a bit of yards and then we throw it 11 straight times you could tell that the team was you know gassed up when he came in yeah i mean you, eric you, gray you, all of a sudden was running a lot tougher and those runs are opening up and you're like okay maybe we got something here yeah and it's like you know you saw josh palmer who we have shit on for like seemingly a decade goes up and makes an awesome catch brandon i don't Johnson, know if that was an, from the I, don't, dead. I don't know if that was an intentional throw to throw it high and to the outside like he did, but it was a perfect throw. It was a perfect throw. Brandon Johnson back from the dead, and we saw the one thing that, to me, Florida was extremely susceptible to was that if you throw it up, they will commit pass interference all 
day long. And Maurer threw it out of bounds, and it was uncatchable. But Marco Wilson, will he will hold you every damn play. All you have to do is throw it up. But yeah, we had something. I mean, you know, but we, I, I still think, like, I just don't understand why Maurer didn't get the chance to run the ball as fast as he is. I don't think they, uh, I don't think they, well, obviously anticipated putting him in the game, and I don't think they stopped and realized they should change up the game plan when he got in. And that's, that's inexcusable. They somehow, after the previous three games, they had zero intention of putting Maori in, which is okay. Of course, you have zero intention of it. But after the previous three games, how do you not game plan for that possibility? How do you not have packages in all offseason? Well, they said they did. So where were they? We let him throw the ball more. Now, keep in mind, the score was only 17-0. to If you score a touchdown there, like, it's a ball game. You know, it's a ball game. I mean, they would have won. Florida would have won handily. But it's a 10-point game with 12 minutes left in the third quarter. You know, but and so we let him throw the ball more in the swamp than we did against Chattanooga. God, that's stupid when you put it that way. Look, what look, what is going on with Jim Chaney? And it wasn't like it was just straight mop-up duty against Chattanooga. He was in when it was, was 14 early. to nothing. He was yeah, in the he, first quarter. He was in 10 minutes into the first, or 10 minutes left in the first quarter cuz we scored two touchdowns in 5 minutes. You know, What is going on? Like, here's what I like. I'm not. I don't know anything about football, and I, this might be very. This might very well be wrong. But again, I have a hard time being convinced that if you put Mauer in there, and you say, "Hey, we have Mauer and Ty Chandler, and on the right side we have Wright, Calvert, and Pope, and we are just going to line up and run it down their throat," I think we could have done it. I mean, I think you'd have to mix in some passes. You would have which, to mix in some passes, but you have another some RPO option with ha- the fact that Howard can really run. Don't we have Joe Acevé still on staff, and he's yeah. supposed to be like the run pass option inventor? Yeah, supposedly. Like, is it he like uh, is it he uh, a maven when it comes to the run pass option? I mean, supposedly, buddy, but he's probably brain dead, just like everyone that comes to UT who's had a good career up to this point in their life goes brain dead when they get into the 865 area code. That's true. I mean, we turned Bob Shoup into a terrible coordinator. I mean, Derek Ansley was the highest paid defensive backs coach in the NFL. (laughs) Hey, you don't get that. You don't get that title unless you're um, an extremely respected defensive backs coach. And, um, our defensive backs look like shit outside of Theo Jackson. Theo Jackson. No offense to him because he's playing his ass off. But Theo Jackson is our best secondary player. Because as soon as you step into the area code 865, you become you become a vegetable. 
But like I said, I mean, all you have to say about Jim Chaney is they let Maurer throw the ball more against Chattanooga. I mean, they let him throw the ball more in the swamp than they did against Chattanooga. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. I mean, there's nothing else to say besides that. Uh, Chris Winkie, he needs to be fired now. And anybody that disagrees with me that Chris Winkie doesn't deserve to be fired right now, if the last four games of quarterback play don't get you fired as a quarterback's coach, then what does? Does Chris Winkie have to bone Jeremy Pruitt's wife to get fired? Does he have to go commit a murder? Does he have to, like, sell methamphetamines? What does Chris Winkie have to do to get fired if the previous four games aren't enough for you to be fired as quarterback's coach? Now, I have zero doubt that it's really not Chris Winkie and that he will go on to a long storied career coaching quarterbacks or whatever. It's just the fact he's at Tennessee. But if this doesn't get you fired, what does? Let's take a break. Shout out to our patrons, patreon.com slash Reed's Ranch. Let's get to some patron questions. Got a couple new patrons. Actually, let me take that back. We have no new patrons, but got a couple people up in their pledge. Nobody decided to jump in the water with us, Seth, but we have a couple people on the boat who said they uh, they were riding with us. Noah Triplett upped his pledge from $2 to $5. Noah, is that his name? Noah. Nolan, shout out to Nolan. Thank you, buddy. We love you. Let's just try that again. Producer, cut that out. Nolan Triplett just added it. Just, oh, God damn it. Producer, cut that out too. I don't know if you can hear it, but my nose, I'm really stopped yeah, up. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't, buddy. Nolan Triplett just upped his pledge from $2 to $5. Shout out to Nolan. We love you, buddy. Thank you. And Andrew Holman upped his from $10 to $20. Shout out to Andrew. Thank you, buddy. We love you. The Discord shamed him into upping his pledge. Is that but true? I appreciate it. It is. It is. But my kids appreciate it. They got to have Easy Mac for dinner tonight. The good kind, Man. not the off-brand kind. Publix uh, has their chicken tenders on chicken tender subs on sale. It's good. And usually I don't buy into the hype, but I went and got one. And man, they are so good. They're good. They're good. And they are so good. Where do we go from here, Seth? Uh, I mean, I. Like DF asked, will we ever be relevant again? Probably not, no. Is it over? It's been over. It's officially over? I mean, I I think we all gave, I think we all said that it was Jeremy Pruitt's last hope. Or that that Jeremy Pruitt was the last hope, I guess I should say. I mean, I I don't know about that. I mean, still, the biggest thing that kills UT and has been killing them is that there is no Scott Frost, right? There has never been a guy that is young and good that can come home. Because Nebraska was absolutely dead in the water. I mean, more than UT. Like, they can't recruit like UT can. Davey, I'm talking about after Phil Fulmer. There, but there's never been anybody that you knew that, like, you knew you could pick up the phone and say, we need you, and he would come. Like, there's still not that guy. There's never been that guy. Like, if only David Cutcliffe was 20 years younger than he is. But he's not. 
There's I think never everyone hoped T. Martin would be that guy. He obviously is not. He is not that guy. But T. Martin would be a hell of a passing game coordinator at UT for the right coach. I mean, he would go in and clean it up in recruiting. That's what that's what has killed UT. It still kills UT. Um, I mean, I see no reason to think that we'll be good anytime soon. I don't think they'll fire Jeremy Pruitt. I think it does get interesting, like, if you go 2-10. and 10, Can you bring back a coach who goes 2-10? and 10? I don't know. Like, we all think Sports by Brooks is full of shit, right? Yeah, like, okay, don't believe anything he says. And I'm not saying this to make fun of him. Sports by Brooks is not well. He's mentally ill, correct? Yes, he is not well. We've spoke about this before. He is off the deep end. We've spoke about him on several podcasts. No disrespect to anyone who is off the deep end. You have company. You have a friend with Sports by Brooks. Go get help. You know, if you have mental health issues, go get help. Um, if you have stay off the internet. Stay off the internet. Like, I don't know if you saw the recent pictures, Seth, of Amanda Bonds. Amanda Bonds went and got help, and she came back, and Amanda Bonds is back, baby. Well, good for her. She's back. She is. She's good now. She's healthy. I think. Let me make sure she's healthy. Because I saw that she was back, and I assumed that meant she was good. Hold on. Let me make sure she's good. No. No. She's not good. She's on Instagram now. Yeah, she's rocking pink hair and a Alvin Kamara bull. Nose ring. Never mind. She's not She's not back. I thought she came back better than ever. Oh, she looks pretty rough. Yeah. Well, I saw this magazine cover for paper, but I I, I thought that was recent, but that, that's old. She, well, she's not back. Producer, cut that out. If, 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 you have, if you have mental health issues, go talk to somebody. That would be, you know, one word of advice I would give. Another good another good piece of advice would be if you haven't called your mother today and told her that you loved her, you should do that as well. My mom actually brought me a uh, a new Titans chair. Look at Renee. Like a, like a camping chair, you know, like a tailgating mm-hmm. chair. She brought me one with the Titans logo on it. Uh, she was unaware that the Titans sucked this year, but she I had to watch her. I had to watch uh, my my um, sister, I guess uh, Coco, her dog. I had to watch her for the last week, so my mom came to pick up her dog and brought me a chair to thank me. So that was nice. I got a new chair out of it. So I told my mother I loved her and gave her a hug. See, tell your mama tonight, if you haven't, tell her that you love her. Do anything you can to stop giving a shit about Tennessee football. Because it's not going to get any better. In fact, it's about to get much worse. It's about to get much worse. Don't let yourself be deluded into the idea that we are going to fire Jeremy Pruitt and go hire somebody good. You shouldn't spend any time thinking about things like that. The time that you could spend thinking about things like that, you should spend that time doing other things. Like calling your mother and telling her that you love her. Going on a walk outside. 
reading a book. You should probably start reading the Bible. By the way, since you brought up reading a book, Seth, you really fucked the book club up by recommending Dreamland. It's pretty sad. Why, why did you make that the second book of our book club? That one was that one was almost impossible to read, and everyone got like halfway through it and then was too afraid to admit that it wasn't good enough to keep reading. Can we get back on topic here, please? No, I just want to ask why you ruined the book club. You sabotaged the book I'll, club. I'll get the book club started back up. It's hard to read books with people when you're when you're a galaxy brain. It's hard to read books with people when you're a galaxy brain. So call your mother and tell her that you love her. Um, Will Warren, official stat man of Reed's Ranch, he can tell us how many days it is until Rick Barnes and the boys. But just think about the fact we have an NBA point guard who's going to be carrying the ball off the floor for us this season. So that will be fun. That will be fun. We should. I think we're going to go to the NCAA tournament again. I'm convincing I can't, myself. I can't believe you tried canceling Rick Barnes. You can't cancel Rick Barnes. I'm back on the bandwagon, baby. He is uncancelable. He's uncancelled with this recruiting class. Rick Barnes is a winner, and you doubted him. You're one of those smooth brains who only care about the tournament. No, the regular season, that's where it's at. That's sustained success. These one-and-done one tournaments are bullshit, okay? Give me just somebody who excels in the regular season, and regular season Rick, that's my guy. I won't. He is uncanceled despite Seth's best, request, best efforts to cancel him. I want that holiday tournament title, baby. Give me that Thanksgiving tournament title, baby. And w if we get that, I'll tell March Madness to kiss my ass, baby. Give me that Thanksgiving tournament title. Purdue, we're coming for you. Payback is expensive. And it's a good thing Rick Barnes makes a lot of money. <laughs> you can have your little dumbass Sweet 16 win. We're coming for that November Thanksgiving tournament championship. Ryan Klein isn't going to be there to save you this time. That's right. Levi's not on Twitter anymore to gas up any of their other players. The Emerald Coast Classic, baby. That's what matters. That's what matters to me. Regular season Rick's going to go there and coach the boys up, and we're going to be playing above our heads for four months. We're going to get to enjoy it. November through March is going to be a great time. And who knows? Maybe we'll get in the tournament and get hot. I won't care if we do or we don't because the postseason tournament doesn't really matter. It's one and done. It's dumb as hell. It should be a series. Best of two out of three at least. And that's all that matters to me. Let's just have fun in the regular season. I mean, look at the slate of teams, man. You just you can't get this anywhere else. You, you can't get this anywhere else. But you can get it at the Emerald Coast Classic where Tennessee will be cutting down the nets in Destin, Florida. I just bought some new scissors myself a couple weeks ago. Florida State, Purdue, VCU, Alabama State, Chattanooga. Apparently, somebody named Chicago State, who is in the whack, and Jacksonville State. Chicago State, they're all about traveling, I guess. They want to go all the way to the whack. I assume the whack has something to do with the West Coast. Yes, it is in... Chicago, Illinois, but they're in the Western Athletic Conference. We're about to start pumping more boys into the NBA. We're about to have four or five draft picks over the next couple years. It's going to be a lot of fun. 
And shame on you. Shame on you if you tried to cancel Rick Barnes. Shame me, baby. Shame me. Shame on you. You cannot cancel Rick. He is a good Christian man. Rick told me to eat shit. He went out and got Jaden Springer is going to get Keon Johnson. He is a good Christian man. I got Keon Johnson going to go Jaden Springer. We're, we're back He's on just going to come here and eat Calhoun's for free and eat all this other food for free and just win games. If you want to know how bad. And mold. He's going to mold boys to men, too. Don't forget about that. That's, that's the most important part. If you want to know how bad Jeremy Pruitt is, it is the fact that I honestly cannot muster up one negative thing to say about Ricky Barnes. I can guarantee one thing: one of Rick's, one of Rick Barnes's boys ain't gonna be accused of shooting up the school or That's threatening true. to shoot up the school, allegedly. That's true. Because he molds boys to men. How about Bryce Thompson got targeted nine times and eight of them were catches? Woo! There is nothing like our awesome players becoming brain dead. I, I mean, I don't give a shit that it was his first game. I thought he changed his number, by the way. I thought I, he changed his number from like tw- from 20 to 3. So I kept seeing this guy wearing number 20 get beat, and I texted I texted Jesse. I was like, hey, uh, is Bryce Thompson going to play today? And he's like, he has been playing. He's getting eight up right now. And I said, oh, shit. I thought he changed his number. Van Jefferson was talking so much shit to him after that one play on some slant. I mean, I saw Jesse post. Like, he, he got targeted nine times for eight catches. I mean, like, what what else is there to expect? Like, here's what's going to happen next. People want to know what's going to happen next. Here's what's going to happen next. Jeremy Pruitt is going to stay. We're not firing him. And Henry Toa Toa is somehow going to forget how to play football. So don't think that we have an awesome middle linebacker for the next three years. He is going to suck ass next year. The only thing that can save him is leaving. Quaveris please note, please note that we are through four games right now and players can leave. This is our last chance to leave. It's still redshirt. This is going to be a long two weeks. It was a really bad time to have a bye week. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah. I mean, of course UT is going to get ass hammered by this new rule. Of course. Is there any other way? Bad time for a bye week. A lot of people can leave and say, you know what? I'm going to save a season in redshirt. We need to convince every good player just to do what De'Eric King is doing at Houston and just redshirt. He claims he's coming back to Houston next year. I'm not buying that shit. He's not doing that. Okay, so I, I saw where he was transferring. I didn't see that he came back later and said, I'm going to come back to Houston next year. Him and a receiver, I assume a good receiver, are both redshirting, and the, he, he said my intention is to come back to Houston next year. Why? I think it's just what he's telling Dana, and he's going to leave. So maybe we don't convince our good players to redshirt. Maybe that's a bad idea. Surely Dana Holgerson doesn't believe that, right? No. Uh, Dana probably told him to say that, though. That way he could uh, save some face for the next couple weeks. And that way King could still hang around the locker room and talk to players. Yeah, and Dana can just keep drinking. And hitting the casino. And hitting the casino. Yeah, I I didn't see he had come back and said he was – he was going to come back to Houston. Because to be honest, I had already penciled him in as the fourth straight Heisman winner at Oklahoma. 
Um, hey, in better news, Alabama got a commit from uh, a five-star quarterback yesterday, so they really needed the help. You know, so next year they'll have Tua Tagalova's little brother and this other five-star dual-threat quarterback from California. It's a so, real kick in the dick because he was going to Southern Cal, and you know my my guy Clay Helton needs all the help he can get out there. I don't understand. Like, I guess it's because I don't know. I mean, why can't we ever get an offensive coordinator like Graham Harrell? USC is on their third string quarterback. USC is on a third string quarterback, and they go out there, and that dude Max Finks or whatever goes off on a top ten football team. They don't miss a beat. They don't even look like they changed quarterbacks. Why can't we ever do that? They make it look so easy. Offense is not hard. It is not hard. It is not hard to do. It doesn't have to be complicated. In college football, if your offense is complicated, you're being stupid because it doesn't need to be complicated. How many times do we have to see these teams put up a shit ton of points with simple offenses? Air raid or get the fuck out? Amen. You can run out of the air raid. Now, I will say Mike Leach blowing a 34-point lead with the air raid doesn't bode well for this argument, but either way. But I feel like the last couple years Mike Leach has had gives him one game where he can be like, oh, yeah, it's like I'm still at Texas Tech again. Because that felt like a Mike Leach, Texas Tech loss. Turns out it's not easy to protect a lead when you are when you have the air raid offense. UCLA scored 50 points in the second half. I want to say they blew that 32-point lead in five minutes of game time. <laughs> I think that's the stat I heard was four minutes and 52 seconds of game time. Because UCLA to- scored... I think UCLA scored three straight possessions in in one play. That's amazing. And, like, the thing is, I I, I bet that's, like, UCLA's only win of the season, right? I don't know, man. Maybe maybe they turn the corner. Maybe this will save Chip Kelly's career. So, let's see. Uh, All right, they scored 348 left in the third quarter. They scored 333 left in the third quarter. They scored 121 left in the third quarter. So, there's 21 points in three minutes and 20 seconds. They score again with 14 minutes and 30 seconds left in the fourth quarter. So they scored 30, or they scored 28 points in yeah, ju- just over four minutes. That's amazing. Holy shit! That's wild. That is incredible. That is wild. Yeah, I mean, just it. You know it. It feels like every offense just about now has air raid principles because Mike Leach just totally changed college football. But like that, but like you're right though. Like just go do something that is air raid like. You can still have a power run game. It's amazing that all these quarterbacks are putting up these video game numbers, and I have to watch the two quarterbacks I have to watch. Like backup quarterbacks in the NFL. Had like a, a quarterback rating of 122 this week. And meanwhile, I have a fifth year, second overall pick who fucking sucks. Like, it's stupid. Kyle Allen, undrafted, goes with the Panthers and is just picking apart Arizona. 
Daniel Jones makes his first star and sets a record that hadn't been done since the Super Bowl era. With like 300 yards, two passing touchdowns, and two rushing touchdowns. Like, what the hell? Yeah. It's not hard. It's no, really not hard in 2019 to play offense. And it's like, it's much harder to be good on defense, right? I mean, I feel like. Because if you don't have the defensive tackles, you know, if you just think. But, like, there is no reason not to just go out there and score points. I mean, just go score points, dude. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. It's a waste Football's of time. So stupid. It is dumb as the hell. The NBA is back in less than a month, like three weeks, so that's good. I guess. If you say so. More importantly, the Major League Baseball playoffs are about to start. Shout out to your Cardinals. Big four-game series. Huge four-game sweep. First time since 1921, I believe, they did a four-game sweep in Wrigley. I mean, the Cubs are – the Cubs are – Joe Madden is dead. Yeah, he's done for. He, he is just – what a – what just a gut-wrenching series of losses for them. He's what a wasted last three or four years from them. I Everyone mean, thought they were going to – to just keep winning after the World Series, and they have sucked. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, relatively speaking, obviously. I, yeah. But, I mean, I don't even think, like, I don't – I would say that they have sucked. I mean, they barely got into the playoffs last year. Uh, what did they do the year after they won the uh, World Series? I want to say they got beat in the second round by the – I was going to say the Mets, but I think that might have been the year before they won the World Series, actually. Um, yeah, they, they lost to the Mets the year before they won the World Series. I mean, I don't even know what they did. and you know. Yeah, either way. How are you going to feel watching your Cardinals get beat by the Braves? I mean, I don't think the Cardinals are going to lose to the Braves. <laughs> Because Jack Flaherty will win one of the games in Atlanta because he's the best pitcher in the National League right now. How is that going to make you feel to watch the Braves eliminate the Cardinals? I mean, it, it's the Braves. It's the Braves and it's the playoffs. It's like saying Tennessee is going to beat Florida. I think I was right. I think they did get. A, I think they did get eliminated by the. Uh... No, that was the year before. They did. Okay, I was about to say they might have, but they did the year before too. So that would have been funny. Yeah, that was the year before. That was when they, that, uh, that was when everybody thought the Mets were about to be awesome, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, they lost to the they got they got uh, dominated by the Dodgers four one. So and then last year they didn't win last the division. Year they lost, last year they lost the one game division playoff with the Brewers, and then lost the the one game wild card to the to the Rockies to the Rockies who sucked this year. Yeah. Remember the, the the Mets looked like they were set up for like the next decade with Harvey, Thor, and uh DeGrom. Yeah. I mean DeGrom and DeGrom's still good, but uh turns out Matt Harvey was uh not Yeah. Yeah, DeGrom's due awesome. to uh be a beast for a while. Um Matt Harvey, yeah. What a what a fall. What a, what a I think fall. he is out of the league now. Yes. John, I'm going to be honest with you, buddy. Let's wrap it up. All right, see you.